Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Paul is talking to his young pastor, Timothy. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not unto me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Let us pray. Father, how I thank you for the service this far. Thank you for all that are here. Lord, your presence, your blessing. Lord, the tremendous singing we have heard. And Lord, now I pray that you would open our hearts to your word. I pray you'd get me out of the way. Lord, I cannot uh, preach this message, but I pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts and reveal to us what we need to hear. I pray from your word in Jesus' name and amen. Amen. So... Let me just say this real quickly. Um, this would be a really good camp meeting message. As everyone knows, I'm not a camp meeting preacher. You say, what does that mean, preacher? Well, you, you, have, the, you have the Mike Blantons and you have the Brian Bears and you have those guys and they, you come to church and they make you feel good. Right. They they it's it's a pep rally. It's it's not meant to instruct you on how to live. It is meant to be a pep rally. This is a good camp meeting message. And I, I've often been saying, why don't you preach those camp meeting messages? Well, this is about as close as I'm going to get, probably. But and I could as I was rehearsing this, I could just hear uh, Mike Blanton or, or or Calvin Ray or Brian or one of them preaching this message and how that it would just be a pep rally. But I hope to encourage you this morning, but I also hope to give you some something to help you. Okay, so maybe we can do both this morning. So uh, so just a little disclaimer, this is about as close as I'm going to get to to being a, a pep rally preacher uh, titled the message longevity. That's kind of a neat word. I looked the de- definition up and the definition is long continuance, permanence, durable. Does anybody here want that? 
got one amen out of the whole congregation. <laughs> oh, we need to start all over. All right. Listen, we don't get credit for starting well. We get credit for ending well. And, and there are, we're not going to get into it this morning, but there are a multitude who have started out like a flame of fire and they fizzled out. There are a multitude who have been on the way who are no longer on the way. There, there are a multitude who didn't finish their race, but I want everybody here to finish the race all the way to the end. Amen? We, we want he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. So we want to go all the way to the end. And, and Paul here is, it, it, and again, I, I've never, you know, you, you hear uh, the charge to the preachers, you know, verses 1 through 5, you, you hear that really strongly preached. And then you hear the ending uh, is, is a totally different message. But I, I thought, why have we never put those two together? Because if you look at what's happening here, we have an older preacher who has been through everything you can can imagine and he said I made it all the way I can see the finish line it's right in front of me and he turns around and looks back and he said Timothy this is what you're gonna have to go through does that make sense to anybody he said Timothy this way he said Timothy you're a young preacher you're a good preacher but but son when you get to this finish line this is what's between where you are and where I am if that makes sense to you at all, I think that's what's going on here with Paul. And, and we're not going to try and recap Paul's life, but I think if you've been in church any time at all, you know that Paul had been through some things. Amen? He had, he had been through some things. And he tells Timothy, and, and it kind of really makes his whole scripture look a little different, because again, we get it hurt so much, but, but he's instructing uh, Timothy in verse 2 very clearly. He said, he said Timothy, you've got to be preaching the word. Don't quit doing what you're called to do. And, and this has been talked about so much instant in season and out of season. But could Paul just simply be saying, Timothy, there's days it's going to be hard to preach. Days it's going to be easy to preach. You preach either way, boy. You preach either way. And Timothy, he said, reprove and rebuke and exhort. But Timothy, with long suffering, because a lot of times they're not going to listen to anything you say. You see what he's saying? He's saying, I've been there, I've already, I've reached the end, and I want to encourage you to go all the way to the end, Timothy, and some days it'll be fabulous, and some days it's going to be really hard. Some days it's not going to be so good, <laughs> right? He, he said, Timothy, he said, there's going to become times when they just don't want sound doctrine. They're just not interested. Timothy, keep preaching sound doctrine. They want teachers that'll just tell them what they want to hear. What preacher has not been tempted? We'll get into it in a little bit here, but what preacher has not been tempted when you got all these preachers that are telling you how easy and how good and all these good things, and then everyone says, why don't you preach like that? And we would like you a lot better. Right? And, and the young preacher says, you know what? It would be so much easier if I would just do that. Paul said, they're not going to want the truth. Timothy, keep preaching the truth. Don't give them sugar. Don't give them candy. Don't make them just feel good. Give them what the Word of God says. Paul's saying, I've been there. I've done that. I know what it feels like. Timothy, keep on going. Do you see that picture that he's painting here? Painting such a, a, a good picture of what Timothy is to do. And verse number five, it kind of surprised me just a little bit. It says, but watch thou in all things. If you have not looked this up, I bet no one here can tell me what that word watch means. 
And if you have looked it up, you don't get to say anything. <laughs> but you know what that word watch means? I was really blown away when I, when I looked that up in the original Greek word. But watch thou in all things. This just makes so much sense. You know what that means? It means be sober, be calm. Now think about this. You're a young preacher. Don't get all worked up and, and go out of pieces. Timothy, stay calm. And think about that. What's Paul saying? I've been there. I've been there when the bottom dropped out. Just be calm. I've been there when you thought everybody was against you. Just stay calm. <laughs> this makes sense to anybody. Be calm. In all, and look at what he said. In all things. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to make it, you can't just be exploding every time something happens. You've got to be calm. Right? He's trying to tell Timothy how to get to the finish line. That's what I want to do with you guys. He says, endure afflictions. Can I just turn that around the other way? T Timothy, you're going to have some afflictions. You're, you're going to have some problems. Keep going. Endure just means don't quit. Just keep going. Do the work of the ministry. Make full proof of thy ministry. Do you know how you make full proof of your ministry? You don't stop. Am I making sense at all to anybody here? Now, we have three young preachers in the church. I, I think I said this last Sunday night, Brother Miguel preached for us. But Brother Miguel come to me and he said, you know, at, at camp that the Lord had called him to preach. And, and we had a long, long talk. And, and I, I, I didn't know if the Lord called him to preach or not. I, I, I didn't know. I'm not God. But here's what I thought. And that's what I told Miguel. If this is God, it isn't just going to go away. If it's not God, I, I didn't tell Miguel this, but I thought, if it's ain't God, he won't make it six months. He'll be done. I thought, that's what I thought. I think, you know what, he, you can't do this without God. And he's still going. You know how you prove it? You keep going. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about our young preachers this morning, and, and praise God for them. Brother Jacob's not here. Maybe he'll listen to it later. But, but we got three young preachers in the church, and I think this is very applicable for them. But can I just say this? We've talked a lot here at this church about callings. Everybody here has a reason to be here. Can you guys give me that? Everybody has a calling. Everybody has a gift. You're, you're not here by accident, and you matter as much as the preachers. You, everybody's here for a reason. You have a calling. And whatever your calling it is, it is the most important thing because the Holy Spirit gave it to you. But you have to run all the way. If you're the best singer we've ever had and you quit, no one will remember you're a great singer. They will remember you quit. You've got to go all the way to the end. Those of you that remember, and now it's getting to be not everybody remembers, but, but I was thinking about this as an illustration. This is very sweet to me. I've, I've thumped you guys over and over and over again that there are no little jobs and big jobs. Every job is important. Brother, Brother Bernie... He stood at that back door with a smile on his face and greeted you when you came in like it was, like it was the most important thing you could ever do. Because it was. And he, he did it till he couldn't do it anymore. See, that's what I'm talking about. He did it until it wasn't possible to do it anymore. Guys, I want that for everybody here. I want everybody here to go all the way to the end and not give up your race. <clears throat> so 
I just celebrated my anniversary. May 5th was the anniversary of me being put in as a pastor of this church. May 12th was my birthday. So I had a couple big uh, uh, days of late to look back. And, and I told Renee, I guess I must be getting old. But on my birthday, all I could do is reflect back over my life and think about my life. And God has been good to me, but can I just tell you uh, that it looks different now? Me and Charles talked about this a little bit yesterday. It looks different now than it did before. When you're young, you can't see what you can see when you get older, right? And, and I think this, this scripture here is telling something, and I, this is what I want to do this morning, guys. Listen, I, I, I know I have not, I believe if you'd have looked, asked the Apostle Paul, when he pinned down these words, he would have said, I have not arrived, he wasn't saying, I got it all done, I'm, I'm perfect. But he was saying, I've just about made it to the finish line. Scholars tell us that right after he wrote this, they took his head off. Okay, he, he was done. He was in prison. He was, he, was, he was nearly to the end of the road. But as you get older, you can look back, and you could help those that haven't been there yet to know what lies ahead. Does that make any sense? And that's what I want to do this morning. I, I, that, that's exactly what I want to do this morning is try to help. It, because no one ever did that for me. And, 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 I, and I want to try and, and do that uh, for you guys. So one of the most encouraging things I have heard in forever, I was on cloud nine. I shared this with Renee. She wasn't quite as excited as I was, but I shared this with Renee. And it, it just, it, it, it was like 30 years had just been revealed to me uh, in, in ways I had never seen it before. But I was listening to a podcast from, with Tom Rainer, and, and a lot of people don't really care for Tom Rainer, but Tom Rainer's a statistics guy. He, all he's doing is just giving statistics. He's not a preacher. He's not spiritual. He's not telling you how to follow the Holy Spirit. He's telling you what statistics say. But here's the thing. If you, have, if you, have, if you interview thousands of churches and, and thousands of churches, 99% of them do this and this happens, Guess what's going to happen if you do that? If you do this, that's what's going to happen. So, so that's kind of what he does. So I listened to a podcast, and I'm going to try and give you this. It's on your notes. Uh, but it was so encouraging to me because he has interviewed all of these thousands of churches and preachers. And as I begin to listen to this, I thought, that is a perfect picture of my life. And I, I want to use that to try to help you guys this morning. <clears throat> So the five cycles of a pastor's life, before I do that real quickly, if you guys would indulge me, I know you don't like to raise your hand, but, but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. But just, just, just kind of, to, maybe you can even want to look around a little bit this morning, but just to kind of, so we understand what we're dealing with this morning, how many of you were here before I was the pastor? Can you raise your hand? Now, how many of you came in after I was a pastor, but you've been here longer than 10 years? Now, how many of you have been here less than five years? Okay. Now, I, I, want, to, I want to show you. There's a reason I asked that, okay? There's a reason I asked that. So let's look at the pastor's life. So the pastor gets voted in, and I've heard this over and over. He's on a honeymoon. You know, that is so true. I was told that when I, when I got voted in. I didn't really realize why, uh, but here's, here's what happens in a honeymoon. So you get voted in as a pastor, and everybody projects their ideal on you. They think, he's going to fix the church. He's going to finally get what I want done. He's going to change the things the other pastor did I didn't like. He's going, and you, everybody in the entire church is, is putting their ideals on this new preacher. He, he's going to fix everything. And I mean, when you're in the honeymoon stage, everybody loves you. Everybody wants to do what you want to do. 
And pastor, how can we help? And pastor, what can we do? And, and, and pastor, anything you suggest is a great idea. And, and it's just, it's a honeymoon stage. It's, it's fantastic, right? It's so much fun. And here's where young preachers get hung up. They think that's how it's always going to be. Okay. But it's not. And sometimes the great things happen and exciting things happen. You're a young preacher and you think, man, I really got this figured out. Look, at, look how great we're doing. But nobody bothers to tell you that's a temporary state. See, honeymoon doesn't last forever. And so statistically, this is what happens. You have a honeymoon state and then uh, you come to what they call the trial and conflict uh, stage. And a lot of preachers said they could actually pinpoint this to a specific day. In other words, they were in a honeymoon and boop, after that day, honeymoon was over. But this makes so much sense. Here's what happens. You, you preach a message and they say, he believes that. <laughs> and I've been supporting this guy. Or you take a stand on something and you say, well, if he's taking a stand on that, I'm out. Or you have a business meeting and he has an idea and they say, is he crazy? Has he lost his mind? And then you're no longer on the honeymoon. Now a lot of people think, I don't like this guy. He needs to go. He's ruining our church. Do you guys realize that every pastor goes through that? I want you to think about this. Those of you that weren't here before I started pastoring, it doesn't matter. Okay, can I just say that? But let me just say this. I think we have a great church today. But, but here's what I, as I begin to put this all together, here's what I begin to think. If I die tomorrow and they vote in Miguel as the pastor, if they vote in Josh as the pastor, if they vote in Jacob as the pastor, all three of those are great brothers. All three of those, I believe, are, are solid and, and are on the same path as I am. But can I assure you, with 100% assurity, can I assure you that if any of the three of those take over, they will not do it like I do it. It will be completely different. And when Miguel becomes a pastor, they say, he is the greatest thing I've ever seen. He's, he's our savior. He's the greatest thing. And then he's going to make some decisions and say, what is this guy doing as our pastor? We've got to get rid of this guy. That is the life of a pastor. Is that making sense to you guys? And those of you that have been here for a long time, you know that's how it works. You, you go through that. They understand how you believe. And, and they begin to say, we've got to get rid of this guy. And now there's tension. Now there's conflict. Now you're trying to preach and you know half the people don't want you there. You know the people want you to leave. You know they're against you. And this is interesting. Statistically, this is where most of the pastors quit. Now doesn't that make sense? You have a honeymoon? Who wants to quit in a honeymoon? <laughs> they're telling you the greatest thing ever was. And then you get to the conflict and trials and you say... If this is how it is, I'm out of here. Here's, the, here's, the, here's what pastors do. I am very critical on this. I, I don't care if it's online. I am very critical of this, and I'm not ashamed of it. Here's what pastors do. They want to jump from honeymoon to honeymoon to honeymoon to honeymoon. And there's a, there's a gazillion preachers out there. They won't pastor longer than a year or two. As soon as the honeymoon's over, they want to start another honeymoon. There's a problem with that. And we're going to show you right here in a minute what the problem is that. But I really believe in, in longevity in the pastorship. So everybody doesn't think you're too great. Everybody's complaining about you. Everybody's fighting with you. So you lay down as a preacher at night and you really feel like everybody hates you. You feel like nobody wants you there. You feel like everything you're promoting, they're against you. And it's not just in your head. There's a lot of truth to it. And Paul said, Timothy, keep going. Keep going. Now, 
no one explained this to me and I fumbled through this stages and didn't have a clue. But the next one just made so much sense to me. And I ask you guys to raise your hands, but some of you that have been here since before I was a pastor, some of you that's been here, some of you came in shortly after I started pastoring. And so you've been here through a lot of this. But number three is the alignment. So you go from honeymoon to trials and conflicts. I don't like him. He's causing problems. We got to get rid of this guy. We got to find another pastor. I don't want to listen to anything he says. I'm going to buck up against everything he says. And then you come to the alignment stage. Now, again, I want you to get this. Almost every pastor in the country, despite denominations or size of church or in the town or out of town or anything else, they're all going through the similar thing. When they get to the alignment stage, what I said what happens is a lot of those that were fighting, sometimes they die. Do you know how many people have died since I've been pastor here? I mean, people that were here since I was a little kid, they went on to be with the Lord. And sometimes the people leave, and sometimes the people just say, I guess he's not going anywhere. I guess we got to follow him. <laughs> right? And I'm not naive enough to believe that everybody in this church agrees with me on everything I'm doing, but I do think that most of the church is now following where we're going. It's God in alignment. We're getting in line with, there's a vision that was set, and, and there are some who say, I don't want to go that way. But at some point in time, the church gets on board, and they say, we're going in the same direction with the pastor. The pastor's leading, and everyone's following. Does that make sense to anybody? Is anybody with me? Okay? Amen. Now, the next stage is growth. The church starts growing. So you start out with the honeymoon, and then you have the conflict of fight, and, and there are people against you, and they're bucking and fighting, and you're fighting and by, by, back and forth, and you're struggling to try to preach, and you're, it's like preaching uphill, and it's, it's a battle, and it's ugly, and it's hard, and you go, and you go, and you go, and all of a sudden, things start getting better, and their alignment starts to come, and we all start going together, and when you preach, you feel like the people want to hear you, and there's an excitement, there's a thrill, and then new people start coming in because there's no longer the conflict there. There's an alignment in the church. Is anybody here can see that? If you've been here for a long time, you can see that's exactly what has happened. I have said this for 30 or 40 years. Nobody wants to go to a church where they fight all the time. Nobody wants to. Well, my issue is so important, I don't care. Sometimes, sometimes that's not what God wants. I've said this before. I will split this church over false doctrine. If you bring in a doctrine here that is heresy, if I have to split this church, if I have to tell you don't leave and don't ever come back, I will do it. But there's some things it's not worth fighting over. Can I just tell you most of the things in every church on the planet that they fight about, it's not worth fighting over? There are piddly things we want to fight about and keep people from coming to church and keep people from getting saved for silly things. But then we can align and we can say, there's a reason we're here. It's Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, this is a little sad because I believe in longevity, but this is a little sad. But Tom Rainer said, stage number five. So you get to growth and the church is growing and it's expanding and it's doing great. And there's one more stage. And here's what they said. How sad is this? He said, we don't know what the fifth stage is because nobody ever makes it there. Now think about that. Now Tom Rainer said, he's a stats guy, I'm optimistic that the fifth stage could be phenomenal, but everybody quits before they get there, 
and we just don't have data to say what happens after growth. Can I say I believe in long-term pastoring? Can I say I believe in longevity in ministry? And so I want to not only talk to our three preachers, but I want to talk to everybody here. If, if, you, are, uh, if you are fixing meals for us, if you are, if you are uh, um, cleaning, if you are helping others do their work, if you're teaching Sunday school, if you're, whatever it is you're doing, I want to talk to everybody here. And I just want you to know, keep going. Keep going. Are you guys with me? Keep, keep going. As we watch the pilgrim's life, um, I thought that was so phenomenal, and, the, and I guess the thing that stood out to me more than anything else um, as I watched that movie was Pilgrim, um, he went through his life, he found salvation, and it seemed like to me as I was watching that movie, it seemed like to me that guy wasn't nothing but a mess up. Was anybody else had that thought when he was watching it? Did you guys not even pay attention to the movie? He, he, he just, he messed up. He got off the road. He did this. He did. He was just constantly messing up. And then he dies. And Brother Steve, Jesus is there. And he said, I'm proud of you, boy. And I'm thinking, what? Did you just see how this guy lived? Listen, I want you guys to write this down. I want you guys to think this. I want you guys to remember this. I want you to remember it till the day you die. Jesus is not looking for you to be perfect. He's looking for you to be faithful. Nobody gets to Jesus and said, look what I did. I didn't mess up. Nobody gets there and said, I never, I never had a bad day. I never sinned. I never did anything. Nobody does that. But Jesus is looking for someone who's faithful. Do you go all the way to the end? Look what Paul said. He said, those that love his appearing. How many of you know that if you quit, you're not going to love his appearing? <laughs> when you quit, <laughs> you're not going to look forward to seeing him. You want to run all the way to the end. So Pilgrim and Pilgrim's life, and we're not going to rehash the the movie, but again, it was just one failure after another. Is there anybody here who feels like your Christian life has been one failure after another? You've just messed up and messed up and messed up and messed up and messed up. Can I tell you? Keep going. Keep going. Is there anybody here who who can testify uh, that since you've been in your ministry, in your calling as a Christian, how many of you would admit you have sinned? You have messed up. Anybody here want to say you've been wrong? (laughs) We've been wrong. What about this? You will get discouraged. Raise your hand if you've never been discouraged as a Christian. We all get there. We had that service on Sunday night. It was so very revealing to me. Do you guys remember that service a few uh, Sunday nights ago? And we asked you guys to uh, you know, talk about the revival and, and, the, and, the, and the thoughts that you were having and, and the things going forward. And that was so powerful to me because it was, um, if you really listen to what was said, so many of the good, solid Christians here shared, I struggle. I have thoughts. Nobody likes me. I have thoughts. Should just quit. I have thoughts. There's no sense in going on. Can we all say we're all there? Can we all say we're all there? Listen, guys, there's going to be times when you mess up and there's going to be times when you feel like you're a total failure and there's going to be times you get discouraged and you think there's no sense in going on. There will be times that the devil will tell you nobody likes you. There will be times that you, you think you can't go on. But Paul said, Timothy, keep on going. Amen? Amen. Keep on going. Be 
faithful. You're not going to get rewarded for not making mistakes. You're going to get rewarded for being faithful. Amen. I say this to all of our young preachers, but I say this to everybody here that is, it's an exciting time. We preached here a few weeks or, or months back about how the different roles, how we move up into, uh, um, you know, diff- being used more and more. And so many of you are being moved up, up the ladder into being used in greater ways in the church. But here's the thing, when you get used more in the church, you get criticized. I just told Brother Jacob, Brother Jacob, he's not here this morning, hopefully he'll watch this, but Brother Jacob, is, but let me say this about Brother Jacob, he's in the honeymoon stage. Everybody thinks he's awesome. He's doing a youth group, it's tripling in size, new kids are coming in, everybody thinks he's great, it's phenomenal. I just told him Friday night at Julia's party, I said, Jacob, I said, soon and very soon, they're not going to like what you're doing. They're going to get mad at you. A parent's going to chew you out. Someone's going to tell you off. Can I say to Miguel and can I say to Josh, the time will come when you won't be popular and they will despise you and they will chew you out and they will tell you how wrong you are. What are you going to do? But I can say that's all of you. If you're teaching a Sunday school class and someone doesn't like it, what are you going to do? See, when it's not happening to you, you say, I just... No, you won't. You'll go home and cry like a baby because it will hurt so bad it feels like your heart came out of you. See, it's easy to be tough when no one's coming down on you. Here's what's really tough. When one parent jumps on Jacob, and then another parent jumps on Jacob, and then another parent jumps on Jacob, and then another parent jumps on Jacob, and he thinks, I thought this is what God wanted, but they must all be right, and I must be wrong. I'm speaking from experience here, and I want to help you guys. It's coming. It is coming to Josh. It is coming to Miguel. It is coming to Jacob, and it is coming to Richard and to Steve and to Charles and to Ross and to Bessie and to Terry and every one of you, unless you want to quit right now. Because if you quit, we won't have to do this. But if you keep working for the Lord, someone is going to criticize you. If you're like most humans, you will question if you are right. It is very hard to not question, am I the one in the wrong here? I've had a time when there was just so such a multitude of people telling me that I was wrong. It's hard not to go home and think, I must be the problem. But the thing with me was, God was always very strongly in my back saying, do what I say, and the people were telling me to do the opposite. And that's a tough place to be. And then, of course, you play that mind game of, well, maybe that's not God telling me to do this, and you go through I'm just saying to you guys, this is coming. This is coming. Are you going to quit? Or are you going to keep going and be faithful? <clears throat> you will be confused Amen? If you haven't been there, you will be confused. It's easy when you first start out to think, I got it, I know everything, I know what I'm going to do, I know my... When I first started, I thought, I know the doctrine, I know the Bible, I am steadfast, I am strong, I will not back up, I will not give in, I will go forward. Until enough people tell you you're wrong, and then the devil gets in your head, and you start thinking, maybe I am wrong. 
Maybe I am wrong. You will be confused. You will doubt. How can we have godly preachers who love Jesus Christ, have been called to the ministry, have been preaching for years? How can they doubt? They will. I remember this so very well, and I don't know how long ago this was. It may have been 10 or 15 years ago, but I remember I was a young preacher. I was on fire for God. I, was, I could take on the devil with a squirt gun. I mean, I was just, I was on fire. I, I had all the answers, and I was preaching like everything. And I heard someone stand up one time. I think we went visiting somewhere, and I heard someone said, the time will come when you will feel far away from God. And I literally thought this, that will never happen to me. Can't. I am on fire for God. Guess what? It did, right? Because we will get discouraged. We will doubt. We will. Go. And I'm trying to say there are things that we go through. We got to keep going. And that's what Paul's telling Timothy here. He's telling him, listen, these things are coming. Keep going, Timothy. We don't know everything that happened after Paul died, after he wrote this letter. But I'm quite confident Timothy went through some ugly things. But you got to keep going, guys. We don't quit. We don't give up. We don't back down. We just keep being faithful. Amen. It will. I, I want you preachers to hear this, and, and everybody here that's in ministry, all, all of you. But I, I really want you to get this. I don't think this is in your notes. It will seem your ministry is at a standstill. See, I didn't have the five stages of a, of a, of a cycle of a preacher's life, pastor's life. But I, I remember so very well for, for, for years, I remember telling Renee, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. There's nothing happening. It's like I'm preaching my heart out. I'm giving 100%. I'm doing all I possibly can. And nothing is happening. Can I tell you it's coming to you? There'll be the time when it will feel like nothing is happening. But here's, if you've, if you've been here at Sand Hill for a long time, here's the thing. Let me ask, let me ask you guys that have been here for a long time. When it seemed like nothing was happening, was something happening? Something was happening. God was doing something. The devil was telling me nothing's happening. And it would be pointed out to me, well, you know, this isn't happening and this isn't happening. And you're not a good pastor because of this. You're not a good pastor because of that. And if you were a good pastor, this would be happening. And I believed it and it seemed real. What I'm trying to show you is if you hold on, better things are coming. Big things are coming. Hold on. There's great things ahead of you. Where would I be today if I would have quit when I was criticized? I would have never, I'd say I'm having time in my life. I, I, I don't know how long this is going to last, but when I come to church, you guys, you guys might be great actors, but everybody acts like they love me. And, and we're all going in the same direction, and we're not fighting, and we're not conflict, and we're just all coming together, and new people are coming in every Sunday, and it's just, it's just great. It is so much fun being a pastor. And I thought as I listened to that, how many pastors have quit before they got to where it was actually good? Because can I tell you, this is way better than the honeymoon, because the honeymoon was fake, but this is real. Does anybody see what I'm trying to show you? You can quit and miss out on the best part because it looks like there's no hope. Now, when you are being criticized and it feels like your ministry is at a standstill and you feel like nothing is happening and you have those lonely days when the devil gets in your head, the most logical thing will be, I quit. Is anybody with me? Let, let me throw this out there for let me throw this out there. I, I don't think we have this in our three preachers at all, and I hope that we don't have this in any of our members. 
But let me just throw this out there for you. Um, this is a big thing in Christianity. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a big thing in Sand Hill. How many of you heard that saying, the grass is greener on the other side? Look at that church down there, how they treat their pastors. They think I am great. I'll leave this messed up bunch of people, and I go down there where they think I'm great. You know how many people do that? You know, how many, you know how many pastors think, well, they're not treating me right here. I'll just go find me a church where they will treat me good. Same people, same problems wherever you go. But if you stay and let God work, you can have the most amazing thing for you. I don't know if this is making sense to you guys, but it, it's, it's really quite profound if you really think about it. And, and, and the same thing, again, I don't think we have this mindset here, but let me, just, let me just verify while I'm here. There are members who think, well, I taught Sunday school and they didn't like the way I did it. I'll just go somewhere else and teach Sunday school. You know, those people never do any good. Listen, I've been at this for a long time. I have seen people who do that. They never amount to anything. Get in, figure out where God wants you, plant your feet, tough it out, and it will be good when you get to the end. Amen? Listen, guys, God wants to bless us, but he blesses longevity. He blesses uh, endurance. He blesses us continuing to go and be faithful. <clears throat> Lastly, and this is really a big one, all others will disappoint. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I remember when I was really, really young. Me and Renee kind of got over this young. Um, but, but Sister Georgia, years and years ago, we, when we were just first married, and, and we were in church, and we had all these preachers. We just, we just thought they hung the sun and moon. I mean, we just thought they were just it. They were great preachers and blah, blah, blah. And one after the other... Had an affair, ran off with a woman, quit preaching, messed up the church. And I remember Renee saying very, very seriously, I will never look up to anybody again. Never, ever, ever. I'll never look. Just hurt so bad. Listen, if you've been in church any time at all, you've been disappointed. Listen, if you stay here as good as it is, you're going to get disappointed. Come on, guys. You're going to get disappointed. Someone you really look up to, who you really think is something, you're going to say, I can't believe what they did. You're going to get disappointed. People will do wrong. I've been at this long enough to know people will do wrong. Listen, you're living in a, you're living in a, in a unrealistic world if you think you're going to find a church where people don't do wrong. People will do wrong. I've been at this long enough, I'm not surprised anymore, but I still see people who've been in church a long time say, I can't believe that happened. Well, how many times has it happened before? It, listen, people are going to do wrong. Are you going to quit? Are you going to keep going? Now, let's just stop here just for a minute. And, and I don't know if you guys are with me or if you're not. i got about three of you, amen, and the rest of you are just kind of looking at me. All right? But I want to ask this question. When someone you really, really look up to does wrong, does that get in your head? Has anybody ever laid down and maybe, maybe I can't make it? Maybe. And it gets in your head. The devil starts running that through your mind and, and you start doubting yourself. And then anybody have this thought? Well, if they can't make it, I don't think I can make it. I mean, we have all these thoughts, but I'm just saying, people are going to disappoint you. People are going to do wrong. <clears throat> Those you look up to will fail you. Those you love will quit. 
I think we have a phenomenal church. We have phenomenal people going here. We have a very strong core. I love all of you, and I, and I, I love you with all my heart. I could not be happier, Pastor Church. I love you guys. And, and I think there's a lot of love within us. And I hope that this does not happen. But do you realize that sitting among us, there could be a quitter? There could be someone that says, I quit. I'm not coming back. Will that hurt? Oh, it will hurt. Are you going to stop? See, what I'm saying is, we got to be realistic. People are going to quit. People are going to sin. People are going to let us down. But we don't base our salvation on that. We keep going. And when you get let down enough times, you've got to either come to the conclusion, this is how church is, or you're just going to quit. Because it will destroy you. <clears throat> I know this is really, really ugly, and I, I hate to even say it, but I think it needs to be said. Friends will turn their back on you. Now, does that hurt? Does the devil use that to mess with your mind? <laughs> I mean, someone that you counted as a dear friend, you thought you could count on, thought you'd be friends forever, they turn their back on you. It happens. But what I'm trying to say is, all the Timothys I'm looking at, keep going. Keep going. I didn't say don't get hurt. I said keep going. It's going to hurt. I've been disappointed by people. I've been let down by friends. I've, been, I've had all kinds of things happen to me. But it, I'm not standing up here saying it didn't hurt. I'm saying don't quit. Keep going. Does anybody want to stand before the Lord... And hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And Brother Charles, at that day, when Jesus opens his arms and he gives you a great big, I'm a hugger. Jesus is going to hug me. I don't know about the rest of you. Some of you might just say, no, Jesus, I'm not into that stuff. But I'm going to say, hug me because I like hugging, right? But, but listen, uh, Jesus is going to give me a big old hug. And how many of you know that on that day, when I look back at all the people who disappointed me and quit and criticized me and all the things that I've been through, how many of you know that that will not matter because I am now in the arms of Jesus? So guys, let's be faithful. Let's keep going. Let's don't give up. There's a lot of exciting things going on around here. Uh, the, 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 the new people that are coming in and the ministry that are starting and all the things that are going on and, and Miguel and Jacob and Josh are all just, just sprouting wings and doing phenomenal things in the church. A lot of exciting things are happening. But as a pastor, I just want to say, we've still got some rough days ahead. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to say, be faithful. Be faithful. If I could be just a little bit boastful today, what did Paul say? Um, would, you, would you put up with me in my folly as I boast a little? All right. And he said, this is not of the Lord. Uh, so, so this is not of the Lord, okay? But, but I really believe this. I believe we have one of the strongest cores of any church there is in the country. I think if you look at the core group that we have here, they're about as solid as any church you can find in the country. Guys, let's stay faithful. Let's stay together. Let's not let the devil in. We have survived two work Saturdays. <laughs> we have survived them. There's not been bloodshed. All right? There, there's not, 
We haven't called the sheriff yet. I mean, we, we've had two days successful. Listen, be faithful. Be faithful. I want everybody here to make it to the end. I was thinking if I could come back, Miguel, if I could come back in 30 years, and, you know, and, I, and I'll probably be gone, but if I come back in 30 years and, and see Miguel and see his ministry, I've told Miguel a thousand times, I think he can be a phenomenal preacher. But between here and there, not always going to be easy. If I could come back and see Josh or Jacob or, or, any, or any of you guys that are younger, as, as we exit out of here, if we come back and see, I want to see you guys all the way to your old. When Kaysen is is old and ready to quit, I want him to go all the way to the end. Amen? We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.